self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing we are conversation con artists what's going on people it's your boy mr on point and i'm your friendly neighborhood 911 operator also known as calamity red all right and welcome to conversation con artists back for another wonderful fantastic episode you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R underscore on point. And I can be found at Red underscore Calamity. Also, we are still doing a listen letter portion of the show. So if you have a question you would like for us to answer on the show, you can send it in to our Gmail account, which is conversationconartist at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, Conversation Con Artist, um, and send us a message that way. We have another scenario that's similar. Okay, well, let me say... Okay. Let me say first that that we did get a shout out from oh, we did. Um, Melanie, who sweet. said that her hometown was hit by a tornado on Sunday and they couldn't go back to work until Wednesday. And the show, she say, kind of helped her get through that day. And I'm just glad that, you know, us bantering on about nonsense <laughs> and the way we do was something that can help you get through, you know, your situation for I that know, day. That was really cool. She said that they listened to it, I think, at work, because they were only there for, like, half a day, and then yeah. they started laughing and joking. I mean, I was just wondering what, what, what job she got, what she work at, like... That she could listen to iPod Yeah, that head. everybody would be, like, I feel like it's a bunch of black people. It got to be. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. It, it has to be. Because... It's, I mean, otherwise y'all gonna have some uncomfortable ass conversations. Well, there's, you know, there's <laughs> no intention. You know, when I, like I said before, I, I try to discern out white and white. But when I say white people, that means problematic white people. Not at it all don't white mean all white people. It never means all white people. If you're no. not a problematic person, you know, in the context of what I'm talking about, then you know, I'm not talking about you. Yep. You know, and they say hit dogs gonna holler. Yep. You know, and sometimes that don't really necessarily mean that if I talk about you and, and it hits you personally somehow, don't necessarily mean you're racist or whatever. It just, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes, like, we gotta have a conversation in black America about what we're gonna do with good white people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there we are don't know what to do there are white people that don't have no malice, no intention, that kind of get it a little bit. And that from their perspective, they are good. Like they they all right. Like they yeah. ain't they not race they not racist overtly and you know, but what what do we do with them? That's a very good question. What do they do with us? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like what level do we expect them to sacrifice more to to help race relations? Yeah. I don't know. You know, it, it's just not being racist enough. It's just not being misogynistic enough. It's just not being those things enough. I mean, it seems know? like it's hard for the alt-white to not do that. So I don't know. I'm just saying, like, it, it, is it enough? Like, what what levels do... So, and, and and you know what? If I say what level, what what's the problem? What do we do with good white people? Then women got to ask, what do we do with good men? men? Yeah. You know? And... LGBT community gotta ask, what do we do with we'll, straight people? You know, straight, good straight people, like straight yeah. people that don't like the ones that don't have any malice towards those groups mm -hmm. that other people have. Cause you got homophobics out there. Oh yeah, you know, and you got just sexist and misogynists yeah. out there, and you got racists out there. But when when those people 
in those groups that don't participate in that what do we what do we need from them what do we want from them and what does like it look like realistically i mean i don't have answers to these questions but those are questions that uh, i need an answer to and and we got to talk as a community about what we really expect yeah you know very true but i'm just saying that to say you know whatever your work situation is you know and anybody who's listening i just want everybody to know if i'm say something that's generalized i'm talking about the people that this particular situation applies to mm-hmm. you know so so melanie i appreciate you for sending us yeah sending that, us was, that. that felt good feels like we're not just shooting the shit and actually doing something. <laughs> I feel like we still shooting the oh, shit. I just, you yeah. know, it just happened to be entertaining enough <laughs> to get get you through a fucked up day sometimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, the 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 reactions to last week's scenario were really funny. AC called me and like <laughs> he didn't even say hey. Like I picked up the phone and he was like, I had to punch that bitch in the face. And so I'm just like, what? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about it's like i'm listening to the podcast the lady who named they son after her ex i was like okay you should have led with that because i didn't know where, where this conversation was going uh but uh that was the thing that i feel like a lot of people took from last week's show what well, it was a fucked up situation and this is another uh, fucked up situation. We gotta find some situations where niggas is fucking up. This is the second week we didn't did bitches fucking up. <laughs> we need a nigga fucking up next week. <laughs> or maybe not. You, that's I feel, how you feel. I no, mean. I, you know what? I take that back because niggas fuck up publicly all the time. We got plenty of niggas in the spotlight right now fucking up. So women are much better when we fuck up at, at hiding the shit. So maybe this is correct. Maybe we do need to just focus on women fucking up. Niggas fuck up publicly all the time um okay so here's the scenario i went on a date with a nice woman and there's a picture so i'm assuming that they he took her to pf chang's which if you've ever been to pf chang's it's not the most expensive but it is way more expensive chinese food than if you went to like your local chinese spot um so I, I recently went on a date with a nice woman. We had dinner, drinks, and a great conversation. As the waiter brought our bill, my date asked me, could I buy two takeout dinners for her kids? I said no, because I don't even know her kids. She had an attitude for the rest of the night, so I cut the date short. Question, was I wrong for not buying her kids? I never met dinner, and was she asking for too much too soon? Uh, who the fuck... <laughs> Who, uh, just, these things are so wild to me because it's like, who does this? Uh, no, you were not wrong. Who asked somebody to buy their kid? Like, you left your kids at home and didn't feed them? Under the, the assumption that your date was going to buy them food? That's rude as fuck. Why you... <laughs> this man has bought you dinner, paid for drinks. Uh, Could have maybe did something else. He cut it short because you had an attitude after you asked him about this. And you want him to buy your kids, like, takeout food for P.F. Chang's? So he said he cut the date short. I wonder what was next on the date agenda if this was already cashing out at P.F. Chang's. Clearly, dinner wasn't the only thing on the the plate. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he was going to take it somewhere else and spend some more money. So (laughs) assuming that he was driving in this situation... 
She could have easily well see that made that because they she was gonna take them cold PF chains <laughs> after whatever their next ex- activity was gonna be. Stick out microwave. They you know up. why didn't she just say, "Listen, stop me by McDonald's so I can get my kids some food on the way there." You that know what I'm saying? On the way back, and and she could have bought them a couple of double cheeseburgers. Spent a little five dollars out of her pocket, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe he would even throw his card out there for a little five or six dollars. Probably not. But I wouldn't have paid for somebody's kids. Like that—that's your responsibility. On the first date, on the first date, listen, he it, just met her. What the thing is, it is their responsibility. But the earlier you can show a woman that you know you down for the crew, the better it's gonna be for you in that situation. I, mean, I guess now. <laughs> This does not come with my own personal situation <laughs> because I happen to be the child of a woman who did not at one bit introduce her kids to a dude. And my mama had no fucking idea how he was going to embrace us. Oh, uh, yeah. She focused on her relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And one day popped up and said, <laughs> We get married. This nigga moving in. <laughs> I'm like, What? <laughs> I mean whatever You know what I'm saying really? But that came with changing churches uh, That came with not having free lunch No fucking more Oh yeah. And reduced lunch was still 60 cents But damn I yeah. gotta pay now <laughs> You know what I'm saying Like shit changed And all I'm saying in this situation Is I ain't buying no PF chains <laughs> But if it came to like A, a, a Five dollar hot and ready from Little Caesars or something like that. Something that ain't a big investment that would show that you know what I'm saying. I'm I'm willing to to accept the idea of your children because don't get me wrong. If I buy your kids a hot and ready or some some McDonald's burgers and I go over there and they baby's kids, this is over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So I want to show her that I accept the idea of her kids. But in an affordable fashion, don't be asking me at no damn PF chains if I can <laughs> if I can buy your kids some food. No, your kids can get my leftover salad. <laughs> I don't have leftover salad. I eat all the salad every time I go to the restaurant. I love salad; it's delicious. <laughs> and PF chains is gonna have that with the ginger dressing because it's Chinese food. So, so first, I don't even know why he asking a question, like. <laughs> He know that ain't right. <laughs> ain't no, nobody supposed to answer that question in terms of yeah, you supposed to buy girl, yeah, hell yeah, he supposed to buy them kids that you this he should be telling us this story. Like let me tell you what this bitch did. Exactly, let me tell you what she did. Not was I wrong? You know you weren't wrong. She was wrong for asking. And then getting the attitude, like how you getting the attitude pay for all of this for you. And like my meal, your meal, drinks at PFJ. He came off some money. And then you, well, you think you could get my kids some to go food? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? Who at, see, I, now I will say this. That is something I will never have to like experience because dads don't do that shit. Like when I go out with dudes, I just don't imagine them being like, hey, <laughs> think you can get my kids to like, I don't have to worry about that, thankfully. Um, that shit is just crazy. Like, you know, I mean, the question though, 
becomes when is an appropriate time to introduce your kids to a man and a man to your kids. Not the first day. And <laughs> and what do you expect from a man before you're married as it pertains to your kids? Apparently buying them food. You know, my mama didn't do it right. No, you're not okay. supposed to wait till you finna marry the person and move them in. Don't know how they're gonna interact with the kids, but you also don't do this on the first date. It's just, I mean, I feel like it's a common sense. How thing. much do you think? How much of your kids' input and the connection with your kids should go into whether you continue to date that person or not? I mean kids that don't like somebody can make shit real like you had the greatest relationship in the world to get broke the fuck down because the kids hate this nigga like I, I, I do think you have to take into consideration their feelings about it and why they feel like because sometimes it's the same with dogs and kids cause sometimes tell shit in people that I feel like we miss as adults sometimes so I think you have to take that kind of on a case by case basis but I think as far as when to introduce them, you need to know enough about him that you comfortable that he ain't gonna, you know, rape or kill your kids. But God it damn. don't. I mean, look, I done had far to the extreme. But listen, <laughs> I done had them clients too. Yeah, okay, <laughs> that's I what have, I'm like. I have, but damn, <laughs> we ain't. They listen, listen. <laughs> if if, if an adult gonna do that to your kids, it ain't. They good at hiding that shit. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, so, but sometimes folks don't do their due diligence. And what you think a man pay. gonna be like on the second day? You want me to watch your kids by myself? <laughs> I do it. <laughs> that shit ain't that don't happen. No, but I'm saying okay. I think I don't know. I said this on the show before. I learned something, and this isn't even something that I considered, but from this lady's life, <laughs> she got what to do. Had had him around her kids, got pregnant by a dude. Uh, dude, I think he like had a traffic violation and got locked up. So she called down to the jail to see, you know, what was going on. And it wasn't the traffic violation that got him locked up. What got him locked up was the fact that when they ran his name, he had re-registered on the sex offender list. And so they locked his ass up. So that's how she found out that he was a registered sex offender that she had been having around her kids and also was about to have a kid with. And so something like that, like I feel now that I, I've had that experience with her, I feel like all parents, it don't cost you shit. To, you just need a first and a last name. You ain't even got to have the address to look up motherfuckers on the sex offender registry. And if his name is John Doe, it don't matter. Because they had to have a picture when they register. So you just go through the John Doe's until you see if you see a nigga that looks like a nigga you But with. that the reason that, that that's too far, too extreme in the context of this dialogue is we're dealing with the regular population. We're dealing with the men who ain't going to do that shit but are problematic in other ways. But you don't know. Like, he... See, and his family knew it didn't say shit. But like. the, the, your scale of when to inter, introduce your kids and the connection that they have can't be great man rapist. <laughs> it can't. It, it, it's a lot of middle no, ground. Those are outliers, of, they okay? Are, they are. I'm just saying that that needs to be something that happens. But when you are, I, I just, when you're comfortable enough and introducing him or you feel like you know enough but as as much as you possibly can know 
obviously you're not going to be able to know everything and people are good at hiding shit but when you feel comfortable that you've done your due diligence and trying to you know find out as much as you can about that person and you're comfortable with introducing them to your kids i think that's when it happens i don't know that there's a time frame but it definitely ain't the first date i don't even think it's the first few days like but you also don't need to wait till he didn't put a ring on your finger <laughs> i mean unless well you right because if if I put a ring on somebody's finger, well, first off, I wouldn't do that. But if I were the kind of person that would put a ring on somebody's finger without having met their kids, mm-hmm. there would be a situation where I would get my ring back. Exactly. Because of your kids. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's best- like if I meet your kids and he killing the neighborhood cats. <laughs> hell no. I'm out. I don't I don't want them problems. I ain't trying to I'm a stranger and he's a sociopath. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not. I don't want that. You gonna be his first human test? Surgery. Exactly. They move like, from animals to humans. He don't have for. no <laughs> emotional connection to me. He gonna kill me in my sleep or my woke. He probably don't even care. You you just have to find a middle ground at the point where you know, like, okay, I can see this. Like he, you know, he's respectful and and at the point that you could you start to be able to possibly see a future. I think that's the point where you need to like introduce the kids to see because part of the future is is the kids so before you can actually make a full decision about where there is a a future here you have to know how he's going to interact with the kids so i feel like you just have to you just have to kind of take it on a how you feel as a parent but again that can't be because some of you bitches be go out on with somebody one time and he the one girl there can't be that you don't know enough <laughs> after one meeting. Don't you only met the representative. Exactly. <laughs> you, you can't know, base it off. And that. and I was in a dialogue with somebody about that representative, and they was like, "No, I'm real 100 percent of the time. I hate when Ain't folks no say representative. that shit every time. I'm real. I'm mm. real 100. percent The representative don't mean that you're not being yourself. Okay, it's not a bad it's thing. Just that you're marketing the positive parts about yourself yes. that you want to connect with a person with you i know? had a back and forth <laughs> in my anger management class with somebody because of that because that they, they, there was a i'm i no i show okay i did not say representative was a bad thing we all send in our representative and it doesn't mean that you're being fake it means you leaving the bad shit out it means that you're showing them all the good things so these things are things that you you have they're qualities that you have but you ain't showing them the crazy shit that's behind the scenes and therefore that is why this is a representative representative don't mean that you going out here lying about your job and what you do for a living like that it's not a lie it's just a you're not giving them the entire truth and so I, you know, representative isn't bad. That's what we all do. So I think for me, people hear that and feel like it's a bad thing because you just making up stuff. No. So for me, I have a lot of little bitty quirks <laughs> about myself, you know, and they ain't bad, but they can make somebody look and be like, that's weird, too weird. Like, like I don't like cold drinks. What? And not only do I not like cold drinks, but like if I have a bottle drink, I shake it up so it'll be flat. Like, what, I shake it up. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I did it when I was little, and now I just like, I'd rather have that flavor of a flat drink than than not. And a, a room temperature soda? Yeah. <laughs> I drink with cold sometimes, but the only time I drink with cold is when I want it, if, if it's a warm drink in a cup, and I want, like, if you put ice in it, it gives off that flat mm-hmm. you know, because the water starts diluting the carbonation, so mm-hmm. it gives that flat 
flavor, which mm. you don't have to shake it up to do. But that's what I'm trying to achieve. Like, I'm not going on a first date with somebody and and tell them that shit or show them that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not going to ask for my drink without ice. You know what I'm saying? Starting off. I don't think that's weird because it come out of the thing cold. That's just get more drink for your money. Well, and that ain't even a big... But that's the opposite. Like, that's yeah. on the other end of I, I like my drinks hot if I can have them like that and flat. Just those little things, I can leave that out the first date. Yeah. You know, that's not... And I think everybody got those little quirks yes. about themselves that if you lay it all out day one, people going to be like, I don't know if these are signs of some bullshit or it's just I'm going to have to deal with a weird-ass dude for a long time. I don't, I don't, I don't eat know. sweet chicken. I don't like my chicken to be sweet. So, in any kind of... So, I don't... Honey mustard sauce. I'm not going to order, like... Uh, you know sweet barbecue chick like i don't i don't like hints of sweetness with my meat so i'm not gonna order that shit i'm not gonna make a big deal about it if he ordered it and be like you eat sweet meat like i don't want to have a whole conversation about <laughs> my issue with my with things being sweet that i don't feel like it should be sweet that will come later you'll find out my weird eating <laughs> rituals later um that doesn't mean that i'm lying about it it just means i'm not presenting that to you yet because it's not important <laughs> and a woman definitely gotta love me before i let her know i don't fool with sweet potato pies like that you know what i'm saying i don't eat sweet potato pies well, but i society, eat sweet potato our society yes don't understand especially southern black folks. community when you don't like sweet potato pie what's wrong with you <laughs> you know Oh, it ain't my thing. I eat yams, but I don't like sweet potato pie. I like sweet potatoes. Soup. I like sweet potato souffle. Mm-hmm. For me, the pie. If you don't make the crust right, it is it, just eating. To me, it's just eating sweet potatoes on top of bread. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Like the, the crust got to taste a certain way. And I saw a recipe for a sweet potato pie where they use cinnamon rolls as the crust. I would probably do something like that, you know, but that, it, it yeah. have to be something like that outside of regular. <laughs> but, you know, the representative just means, you know, leaving you, some of the other stuff for later. You like, you gotta, you gotta siphon stuff. off shit about yourself, especially when you got other shit. I mean, we all got some kind of trauma. Yep. We all got some kind of family members that we don't, we don't fool with, we don't like, that yep. did something to us that, yep. you know what I'm saying, that it have impacted us negatively. Mm-hmm. We all got shit like fears and worries and anxieties yep. you don't bring that shit to day one you know day 100 <laughs> they know all that shit about you and they know how to deal with all of that stuff that like that they've taken in a lot of you but mm-hmm. you can't not you on can't day force one feed people all of you from the beginning that's all that that representative that's shit all, it's not a bad thing it's not it's what we all do to an extent and so nobody goes in and is 100 anybody who say that lying to themselves you are not 100 when you go on a first date it's bullshit you're not because it's some bullshit about yourself you're not gonna tell that person you just gonna leave it out so you're not being 100 that's a lie <laughs> we all have representative but you know i think i talked about this before but like you know i feel like it's a tier level as far as how i'm gonna interact with a woman's kids based on their age you know <laughs> if they you know dad first off I, i'm real skeptical if they under two and they daddy ain't in their life you know what i'm saying like 
What was this a one night stand pregnancy? <laughs> was this a quick relationship that ended real fast? You know, was it a long term relationship and it just like you don't you don't get to ask those people those kind of questions really early on. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? No, you don't. So that make a difference to me. And then when you get to seven and eight range, when you get to school age range, you know what I'm saying? Like, are your kids bad? You know, what kind of grades are they getting? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How respectful are they? How do you parent? Like I said, I mean, I'm a provider for DHR. I know what abuse look like. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to walk into somebody's life and they abuse their kids because now I got to tell them you can't do that. Mentor reporter. <laughs> and then I'm not going to learn that until I'm been introduced to the kid mm-hmm. and I'm around enough to see them get in trouble and then to see how the mama deal with it. Yeah. So, like, for me, I got to ask those questions. How you deal with consequences? Mm-hmm. You know? Because what I don't want is to get into a relationship with somebody and then be stuck in the middle ground of, I got to report this shit or <laughs> my career finna be fucked up because yep. as soon as that kid go home, go to school with a bruise and they know I'm in the house, my career compromised. Yep, because you're a mandatory reporter. You know, so those are some important things it is. that I got to consider in that situation. But at the end of the day, the first date at a fine dining establishment ain't the time. <laughs> and I don't even believe... In takeout for food from a uh, fine dining establishment, no. I'm believing that if you ain't eating it there, then we ain't we ain't doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I probably tell her is, listen. Well, stuff for cheesecake. If you go to Cheesecake Factory, getting cheesecake to go is okay. Cheesecake to go is all right. Cheesecake hold up. Mm-hmm. You know, it ain't something that that is warm and expected to stay warm while no. you' about to eat it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you could, if it's supposed to be cold, then that's that's fine. Yeah, but. Something that like diminishes in what is it diminishing marginal utility? Mm-hmm. Something that diminishes the longer <laughs> it takes you to eat it, and it at some point it's gonna it's gonna plateau. At some point it's gonna it's just not gonna be good now. Nope. And I Chinese do that. food is like like I don't like heating up Chinese food. I don't have a problem with heating up Chinese food. I don't if it's noodles. If I get low main, I don't mind. Or if it's faux, but I don't like. The rice. I don't like heating up. The, I don't like the reheated rice. It just don't taste the same. If you want, look. If you want the reheated rice to taste close to as possible as it can, you sprinkle some water on it before you put it in the microwave. Because what happens is the microwave targets heat molecules. Mm-hmm. I mean water molecules in order to heat it up, which means it also dry them out. And mm-hmm. when you're talking about something like rice, where the amount of water inside of it is critical to where it don't get like hard and unedible, mm-hmm. you throw some water on top of that. And then it'll steam while it's cooking, so it kind of, kind of simulates how it was. It's not going to be the same because it takes away that little crunch factor that you not the crunch factor, but like the, because you know they cook rice on a hot top and uh-huh. it kind of give a little like crunch, crunchiness to it. Not mm-hmm. a bad crunch, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like a different texture. You're mm-hmm. not going to get that back, but you sprinkle water on it. Same thing for cornbread. If you put mm-hmm. any any kind of bread mm-hmm. or biscuits or something in the microwave. Just I'm. This is what I do. I take a take my finger and run it under the water and just rub it over the top of it. You know what I'm saying? Not too much, but just enough. You do that with breads, you it won't get real hard in the microwave. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I only reheat, like I said, low. If I get low main or faux. But I still don't believe in it. I still don't believe in 
you know, buying food for takeout at fine dining establishments. Oh no, that's when I can eat it all and I take it because I could. I'd be like, listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, I don't believe in paying money at a fine dining establishment (laughs) for food you're gonna take home that ain't gonna taste as good at home as it would in in a restaurant. So what we're gonna do is. (laughs) At a certain point when we get to know each other, your kids can come to eat with us and and we can do that. But right now, your kids need to want McDonald's. <laughs> your kids need to want Little Caesars, Burger Five King, somewhere with a 99 cent menu. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and I ain't going to pay for it. <laughs> Not till I get to know your kids. You ain't even told me your kids' names. <laughs> Asking me to buy your kids food. And then when she tell me the names, if they too hood, and I'm gonna be like, "Sorry, <laughs> we ain't going no further with this situation." I can't tell you stand right folks David and kids stupid shit. Oh, I can't stand it. Um, okay, we're, um, so we're still doing poetry because you know Mike, <laughs> Mike has. I went first last week. So it's my turn to so go it's first. Your turn to go first. All right. This poem is titled The She Has Love. This is another one of my hopeless romantic situations. Love blesses her from the head to the toes. It touches the edge of her being to the innermost depths of her soul, and I want that. Love leads her on the journey she now pursues. She wants me to follow her and leaves all the cues. I want to follow her and our journeys to fuse. And at the end of a destination that shows our consolidated worth. She speaks love. She has so much that she leaks love. She sees love. She breathes love. She promised herself that she would never forget or never leave love. And I need that. This woman has a touch of love. She says there's no such thing as too much of love. She hears love and smells love, runs up to the hills and yells love. I mean, this girl has a rare love, a stop and stare love. When she steps forward, the space she's just stepped out of has love. She has it in a singing. She has a singing in alto love. You know, even her shadow has love. But not only does she have love, but she believes. Believe that it was made for her, and she was made to receive. To her love is the epitome of life. And as selfish as it sounds, I want that love for me. All right. Well, we're gonna go from hopeless romantic to bitch. You fucked up. <laughs> oh damn. So, I you know I had a tendency to. You know, I've shared some of my more romantic things, but I also wrote when I was pissed off. Um, and it was a little more gangster. This is a less gangster piece, but it is very much not like <laughs> like a love. Not not hopeless romantic. I, so I decided to give a break from that this week. Uh, this is called The Type. <clears throat> um... He's a love him, leave him type. He don't really need him type. Love, trust, commitment, whatever it takes to feed him type. The use and abuse him type. The use actions that don't leave bruises type. The they chose him so he never has to choose his type. But don't believe the hype. What he does is definitely not right. But he's the type of nigga who has no trouble sleeping nights because he's an opportunist type. The world is black and white type. The take it as far as it will go to any types hype. To any heights type. The juggling girls type, the king of the world type, the don't believe what you saw, don't believe what you heard type, the dumbass denials type, the oh, I was with Kyle type, the girl you so special you made me want the love I ain't had in a while type, the stay out all night type, the I don't want to fight type, the I said it wasn't me and it wasn't me, you're wrong and I'm right type, but 
don't believe the hype. What he does is definitely not right. But he's the type of nigga who has no trouble sleeping nights. Until he wakes up one night, gets up and turns on the light. To find that he is home alone and his girl is nowhere in sight. See, she found another type. The strong black brother type. The it's you and him and that's all you need and nothing other type. The put it down type. The always around type. The he has love so good you want to scream but can't make a sound type. The always calm type the never do you any harm type the damn mama gotta meet him because i think he may be the one type the honest and true type the cater to you type the he wants you to be happy so he does all he can do type and he doesn't believe the hype he's all about doing you right and he thanks god that it's you he holds in his arms tight each and every night See, he's the you're my world type, the diamond and pearl type, the he's a real man, so it was no problem at all to steal your girl type. So you can choose to believe the hype, decide for yourself what's wrong or right, but don't be surprised to wake up and find you're alone when you turn on the light. What type are you? Hmm. Finger snaps. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna snap because I got my phone in my hand. <laughs> and if I ain't doing it with both hands, it's weird. It is weird. <laughs> you just snap snapping it. with one hand. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I um, I wrote a lot of shit when I was angry. So mad. Yeah. Anyhow, um, we we do want to have like feedback. Like we need to know if y'all are enjoying the poems or not enjoying the poems. How you feel about the poems? So otherwise, we just you know we're still doing, but we're gonna put them on the end of the show for yes. anybody who cares to listen yeah but rather than you know forcing it upon those yeah. who may not want to so we need some feedback let us know how you feel about the poems uh comment below wherever you listening at or you can hit us up again um also if you have a question you can hit us up on our gmail account which is conversation card artist at gmail.com or you can find us on facebook uh conversation card artist and send us a message that way um so I said I was your friendly neighborhood 911 operator, and I have been a 911 operator in the past. Um, I did that while I lived in Montgomery for a little over a year. Uh, it was a very interesting but taxing job and very stressful. Uh, there's a high turnover rate for that position because of that. It's like super stressful, and they don't give a fuck. Like holidays and shit, that shit don't matter. 911 got to be open all the time, so like you're not guaranteed to be off on the holidays because the center still has to be open. Um, but I say that because a former 911 operator gets jail time for hanging up on thousands of callers, which is like the one thing as a 911 operator you cannot do <laughs> is be hanging up on folks. Like, you can't do that. Uh, a former 911 operator who in Houston was just found guilty of um, interfering with emergency telephone calls, a misdemeanor. <laughs> Cren Crenshonda, Crenshonda Williams was caught hanging up on thousands of people who called for assistance. From her name, she was destined to be somebody that hang up on folks. <laughs> uh, back in 2016, Williams was caught after her supervisor noticed that she had thousands of calls that were only 20 seconds long. When police questioned her about this, Williams said that she often hangs up on calls that have not been connected because she did not want to talk to them at that time. <laughs> Again, you don't get to make that decision. As a 911, let me tell you so. When I worked for 911, there was a guy named Dan that called all the time. And Dan was obviously, I think he was schizophrenic. 
and he would like be off his meds and he lived with his mom but apparently his mom wasn't doing her her job as his caretaker they would call and swear that there were people underneath their town home that were talking that were keeping him from being able to do his work because they were cursing him out and they were saying all of these really mean things to him and they had called 911 at least one time per shift that i was on and we never hung up on dad. Was it annoying when you got a dad call? Absolutely. Because <laughs> you know it's bullshit. And we still have to send an officer out. And all they do is tell Dan's mom, you need to make sure he's on his mask. He can't keep calling up here. Because we have to send somebody when he calls, even though we know it's bullshit. <laughs> and the officers would get frustrated. And we would get frustrated. But we never hung up on Dan. You couldn't hang up on Dan. We had old people that would call that were just lonely. We have a most places have a non-emergency number that's posted somewhere for things like noise complaints because those are not like emergencies so there's a non-emergency number we would have old people calling 911 just talking miss pearl miss pearl would call all the time and first it was thought out about like somebody riding by with loud music playing it's like they gone what you they rolled by <laughs> <laughs> They're gone. Ain't nothing we can do about that. Then she would just go into her grandchildren. And you just have to get her off the phone. But again, nobody hung up on Miss Pearl. You are not. That's the one thing. That's the one thing that you are not allowed to do as a 911 operator is be out here hanging up on fucking people. So is that just termination or is that jail time? What is it's that? It's a misdemeanor. And she got a, bu- she got a bunch of counts. She going to do jail time for it. Hanging up on one person is one misdemeanor? Um... I don't. It's probably because she had thousands of them. So they combined all of them to make a misdemeanor. I don't know. I don't know how what the amount is. I don't know. Cause here's the thing: they tape every single fucking call, and this is part of the reason why they tape all the calls. The supervisor pull tapes, and they pull tapes randomly, and they make pull your tape you don't know and if they hear some shit that you doing wrong they're gonna call you in, your, in their office and y'all gonna talk about how you handled this call wrong or that call wrong or sometimes they will tell you that you did really good on this particular call but they pull tapes to ensure that people ain't talking shit to to the people that call in because you're supposed to stay professional and let me tell you i got called all kind of bitches and hoes like it's hard not to be like bitch you don't get off <laughs> it is like they would get really irate at you and you cannot respond. You had to stay professional. And you had to because they pulled the tapes. <laughs> so, Chris Shonda just, I don't know what the fuck her problem was. Well, first off, her problem is that her name is Chris Shonda. Okay. <laughs> like, they took Crenshaw, <laughs> took the all, and added Onda. Chris Shonda. Yep. Her parents have destined her for this kind of life. Well she um because williams essentially uh neglected her duties it cost a few lives in march 2016 a woman called in to report uh shots fired at a convenience store but williams had hung up the phone and the store owner had got shot you can't do that shit like you just can't like we again we would send the police even if we know it was a, a bullshit call because we are responsible <laughs> you are responsible if you don't do what you're supposed to do when somebody get hurt so again with dan even though i knew when nobody under his motherfucking town home we still sent the police to dan's house when dan called in and the police would go out there and tell dan he need to take his motherfucking medicine and he wouldn't hear the voices and that they weren't real <laughs> 
and he was the only one who could hear them no they're real i mean they're they're just and i can't get any work done <laughs> like damn meds man <laughs> take your fucking meds <laughs> but you just you all you do have people's lives in your hand because if you don't because the call don't automate it don't the police don't automatically get sent right when somebody calls in if the operator does not put the shit into the system and send it over to the dispatcher don't shit happen nothing happens and so people can die if you don't do your fucking job like <laughs> you could be the cause of somebody getting killed absolutely Chris Shonda didn't need to be doing that damn job. That ain't a, and it ain't a job for everybody because it is very stressful. It's a very high stress job because people in an emergency just want to know that the police are coming. They don't want to give you no details. They just want the police. And I get that. But on the other side, you had a police yelling at you because they want to know, is there an active shooter still there? They want to know how they need to go in. They want to know. So if you can't get the details from the person, you gonna get yelled at on the other side by the police officers because you ain't gave them enough information for them to go in with. So it is a very high stress job. It's not, a, you know, I left it because I went back to grad school. There was no way I was gonna be able to do grad school and work there. One, they weren't gonna be flexible with my schedule for school. Two, some the phones gotta be covered. So I would go in to work at 2.30, supposed to get off at 11, wouldn't get off until two three o'clock in the morning because somebody on third shift called in and said they weren't gonna make it so that means somebody on second shift got to stay and then somebody on first shift got to come in early because the phone's got to be covered so like it just is a very high stress job it ain't for everybody obviously it wasn't for Krenshonda <laughs> no Krenshonda is wonder what her middle name is probably something equally as hood as Krenshonda her only regular sure name is Williams but I mean, and they tell you, they tell you that they pulled the tape. Like I don't know how she thought she was gonna be able to get away from it. Oh, that's what she looked like. She looked like a Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. She got <laughs> big ass forehead. She does. Like everybody can't do that job. So if you listening and you saw dispatcher pop up in, in some jobs and you looking for a job, you know you might want to think twice about that. It is a very interesting job. But it is very high stress, for sure. So keep that in mind. Don't be like Crenshaw down here hanging up on fucking people. Mm. Like, bitch, I don't care. Click. What? Shots fired. Okay. Click. <laughs> like, girl. No, I had to remember all of the police codes. I don't remember any of them now. 1010 was break. So if an officer was on 1010, he was on his lunch break. They, like 10-7, I think, was a robbery. And then, like, there was, like, addendums to that where if it was, like, with a weapon or... You had to memorize them shits. The, the codes. That sucked. But, yeah. It ain't for everybody. Definitely one for Krishanda. So... Mm. We talked about Starbucks last week and the situation with the two black men that were arrested. And Starbucks has had a surprisingly, from my perspective, appropriate response to it. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, they've they're going to close down their restaurant. 
uh, establishment? Or it's not a restaurant. It's an establishment, yeah. They're going to close down the coffee houses, <laughs> all of them, <laughs> on like May 29th. And they're going to have a um, implicit bias training. Mm-hmm. Racism with race, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're getting a whole bunch of activists, black activists and community advocates to administer the training. Mm-hmm. And it's going to become a part of their hiring practices. Uh, the the owner or CEO or somebody high up there mm-hmm. was doing an interview and he was like, yeah, there's no doubt that racism is the reason that this happened. You know? But the problem is, like, the problem is you can't really legislate hate. Nope. You can't monitor or measure hatred. Mm-mm. You know, if you are a non-racist white person, you know, how do you know that the white people you hang around are the same level of not racist as you? You know, it's this girl that I used to work with and my cousin used to flirt with everybody and she was one of them that he used to flirt with. And in some dialogue, he inferred about getting her pregnant somehow. And she was like, oh, no, no. If My daddy would kill me if I had a child with a black man. Because when my mom was pregnant, she was shot by a black man. And I was like, see, <laughs> I was like, the, my immediate response was, damn, that's fucked up. But the second one was, so if he was shot by, if she was shot by a white man, <laughs> your daddy would have said, you can't ever date a white man ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have been comfortable with you dating brown people? Nope. You know, like... That's an excuse. He probably already was fucking that, with black that's folks That's that implicit that. shit. Yeah. That, that's what it is like. You apply race when it benefits your, your ideals. Mm-hmm. But because this black man shot my woman... I don't fuck with nothing black now. But you already wasn't fucking with nothing black player. Like anybody but, that that I, he just was already that way. <laughs> but if it was a white person, it wouldn't have had nothing to do with race. Nope. <laughs> you know, it would have just been well. That's a bad white person. You know, because <laughs> they're not grouped together. We're grouped together. We're but all see, bad. That's the but and, and and that goes to our history in this country. We have been under a microscope of scrutiny since we were dragged over here. They've looked at us as one. Mm-hmm. They've called us lazy as one. Yep. They enslaved us as one. They murdered and unjustly incarcerated. They've done all this to black people as one. Mm-hmm. Black is just one thing. We have not had the luxury of being able to look at ourselves <laughs> as individuals. That's the same thing as when, you know, when a crime done happened and all the black people is like, oh, shit, I hope they ain't black. <laughs> but white people don't have to experience that. They've been able to be individuals and not looked at as a group. They've been able to be looked at as solely individuals. That, I mean, that that that's even through the lens of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Capitalism says that you made it here on your own. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that system continues to reinforce the idea that I'm a, I'm an individual but that is a luxury that white people have in a situation so when that woman saw those two black men she saw a whole black under this microscope 
of of the scrutiny that black people get. Them niggas was there for two minutes when she called the police. Two minutes. You became that scared and that uncomfortable in two goddamn minutes that you decided to call the police. Like, no, please. what that means is that she saw them and immediately came up with a plan as to how she was going to get them out of the restaurant. Yeah. Now, apparently one of them asked to to use the bathroom, which she said that their policy is that we don't do that unless you buy something, which they do that in some places here. Mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. and Five Points. Oh, yeah. They got a code on the yeah. shit. You have to get your receipt. Yeah, your receipt. Got, every receipt got a code on yep. it. And and you can't go into the bathroom unless you have a receipt. Part of that cut five points is riddled with homeless people, and I think that's to keep the homeless people from coming and that to use the bathroom with them. Because five points. But, but I wonder what the reason is for that area. Yeah. That Starbucks is it because they got a large homeless population? You know, are they able to discern whether you look homeless or whether you don't to give you the bathroom code? Or is it just that they are trying to kind of really make sure that you purchase? Yeah. That one in five points is the only one I've ever seen that is. any yeah. other restaurant you walk in and go to the bathroom, yeah. they won't even see you. But that one has a code on the door. And the code you can't even keep your receipt from like another day. They change the code up every day. <laughs> so they like serious about people not using the bathroom if they don't buy no shit in five points. Yeah. Like hardcore. But but I do think that this now, for a large portion of black people, and maybe some of y'all listening to this episode right now, it's not enough. But realistically, what could they have done more? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what would be enough? What would their definition of enough be? I was watching CNN, and it was this advocate on there. Well, first off, the dudes, one of the dudes said, one of the dudes this happened to said, it's not a black people thing, it's a people thing. Nigga. And I was like, I really hope he meant something else in a different context <laughs> because this is definitely a black people thing. Everybody yes. is pretty much universally understanding this. Mm-hmm. And the shit, reality the white is, people in the restaurant knew that shit. Like this, like, they didn't even do nothing. <laughs> the reality is, this is not just a Starbucks issue. This is an everywhere issue where you have somebody that has implicit bias. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just this. This ain't gonna stop happening to brown people. Until we can have like if we had like some radars where you can like scan a person's level of racism, <laughs> that's when the shit'll go away. It'll be like um oh it'll be like that episode on Black Mirror where like your social media following indicated your level in society. Have you seen that episode mm-hmm. of Black Mirror? No. So they like how it's just like like facebook but your level of of being able to do stuff in society was based on how many friends you had so like when you go rent a car what kind of car you're able to rent is based on the amount of friends you have and so you you know people are fake nights and fake because they want they don't want anybody to down rate them they had a there was a community episode like that did you watch community Mm mm-mm it was they were called meow meow beans. <laughs> it was a app that they created, and the currency was meow meow beans, <laughs> and it basically created a tier system. Like the people that had the mm-hmm. most had, well, like had togas, up in like a like a part of campus that nobody could get to. Uh huh. It created a class system for yeah. what apartment you can rent, what house you can get, where you're able to go in your career. Like all of that was based solely upon your social media standing um and so it's about a girl who was like a three 
which is like middle five, I think was the highest, and her trying to get to a five and all the trouble she was having because you just have to be fake. Every interaction, you have to be fake with a person, even if you don't like them because they can downrate you and that'll have a, uh, a bad effect on your rating. I think that, I think that applications should ask questions that have a racial component to it. But I mean, they could ask, but people ain't gonna be honest. Or some people. Well, I, I, it would at least phase out the people that don't know what the reality is supposed to look like. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like they're smart enough to create some kind of measure that indicates that you may be likely to treat people a certain type of way. Yeah. Versus not, because what we are missing in society is when police apply for jobs. It's when employees apply for jobs. It's when people be in these positions. How do you know what level of races they are or not? You know, you got KKK members and skinheads in, in the police. Mm-hmm. How are you supposed to know until... You don't find out until you realize they've been playing drugs on folks for 20 years. That they, you know... Oh, no, we just seen them in some... You know, white nationalist pictures with KK uh, with Klansmen. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know. Like, why does it have to, like, why isn't there a measure that can determine that more quickly? There has to be a measure that can determine that somebody has such a high level of implicit bias that she will call the police two minutes after a black or, or brown people come into the restaurant. They got to be some kind of measure that can determine that. Yeah. You know? But don't get it twisted. This don't mean that anybody that work at Starbucks is going to not do this. What it means is they're going to be held accountable when they get caught. Mm-hmm. But Starbucks ain't the only place with this issue. Anybody that has... like, And you know what? Yeah, it's a lot of white people that's going to have had just bad experience with black people. Mm-hmm. And they're going to retroactively apply that to every single black person that, that done experienced something. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like... Again, even when you do that, I feel like prior to that incident, because it, if we did that as black folks, we wouldn't rock with no white people. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if, if we did that, like we, it, for a lot of people, you got to force yourself to do so because you don't have an option. No, you have to engage with white people at some point in your life as a brown person. Mm-hmm. Now, if a white person don't want to, they don't have to. They can move to a little town in Utah that ain't got no black population. Oh, yeah. And, we and don't be have fine. A, I mean, you it's places you can move to, but you ain't gonna live there. And and you still, I mean, when you go to the social goddamn security office, oh, yeah. True. you still gotta deal with white people. When you mm-hmm. go to, there's a lot of places that you go to that you still have to deal with, with a white population. You know, so that's why, like, my, I just don't think a fully exclusively black existence is a reality. Even though people like Umar Johnson and all them who are mad that segregation took place or integration took place mm-hmm. and wish we would have stayed segregated. I feel like it would have been bad either way. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's pros and cons to either way. If we would have never integrated, I feel like the resources that we would have had access to would have been so marginalized as to how we could access them that we wouldn't have made a lot of progress in terms of we wouldn't made a lot of progress in terms of community and mm-hmm. connectivity with one another but as far as in society i feel like we will be left very far behind i feel like we've been able to keep up with integration we've been able to keep up as much as we possibly can with white people mm-hmm. because we we were able we right there 
mm-hmm. and it's really hard for them with, with what's on paper to keep us back like blatantly mm-hmm. like you keep us back like you know passively but blatantly keep us back but what that's done is it created a rat race between all the black people to get the fucking sp- spots yep. that white people allow a small number of black people to be in yeah and so it hadn't allowed us to build that community and that connectivity with one another this doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about not really but i didn't tell you the la- the end of this so you know i, I so i called uh on point with a, a issue that i had with a client that uh, we have a hospital here that services people that don't have insurance and they recently changed their policy to where they don't base whether or not you can get a car which allows you to, to get those services without insurance they don't base it on your income they base it on the household income so if you live with somebody that makes money you're not going to qualify even if you don't have access to that person's money if they just let you live there if the household income is too much you don't get to utilize the services so i was like you know really concerned because you know this this person needed uh you know some pretty serious things and she she you know wasn't able to get it and so i'm you know just calling everybody that i know trying to like find ways to assist her so <laughs> after i found something that may or may not work before she left she was like i was like that you know i'm so disappointed that they're doing that and that's going to really hurt a lot of people that need the services and she was like well you know, I know it's because of some of the, the changes that Trump made. She's a Trump supporter. And she was like, I mean, I understand it, though. You know, I don't disagree with it. I just, unfortunately, it's impacting me. So you sitting here ticking time fucking bomb. <laughs> and you're not able to get help. And you still, still holding on to the fact that this was a good choice. And that he's he's a great person. And he's going to make America great again. And. I was just so over it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I still feel like she needs to help. I don't. I don't regret helping her, but I. I was just kind of like, this is this is what Trump supporters are like. Like, the poor Trump supporters who are going to be the ones that get the shaft with a lot of changes that he wants to. And I mean, he hadn't even made all the changes he wanted to because that he hasn't been allowed to do it. But it's just like, bitch, what? This was a white lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. Poor Wyla, who has been having trouble getting SSI, got turned down for that, trying to get that still, which is why she don't have no insurance. Because if SSI come with Medicare, she would be able to to utilize that, but she don't have that because she can't get SSI. Like, you got all these fucking problems going on, and you can't get no help yet. Make America great again. Like, bitch. You know, our, <laughs> our political, uh, the people who vote, we are heavily involved in, like, we got a lot of single issue voters, mm-hmm. you know, if and the Republican Party has just been good at tapping into single issues but that so are valuable to them. Well, but when an issue arises that impacts you, you still so focused on that one issue that like the fact that you like she could literally die. Like if, if, if we can't get this rectified and she can't get the service that like she could die, that totally could fucking I could get a call one day that she has expired from the shit she wasn't able to get fixed because of the way that our our healthcare system is set up and them changing this rule that is fucked up she don't even work she don't even have an income but because the person she lived with makes too much they ain't gonna help her 
and she don't have access to that person's money at all so like that just boggles my mind i still obviously i'm gonna try to help her as much as i can but in that moment i was just so frustrated because i was just like bitch like you you serious right now like you really gonna look me in my face and say this shit i'm out here breaking my neck and and you still like but i uh, understand it like i would say that's like a version of implicit bias but that's like explicit bias oh my God. you know that's like she she is able to see what she don't understand about herself, though, is why she so deeply values something that goes against her own interests. And I'm interested in knowing why, you know, a lot of poor uh, white Republicans who vote for Republicans, which is against their own interests, like in this situation. I wonder if they know why they do that. You know, I mean, we could trace this back to. We could trace this back to uh, I don't remember the year It was 1700s I think when the British Pretty much told the slaves That you know hey look If y'all fight with us well, You know the term rednecks mm-hmm. Come from when the, you know A white person would work in the fields With the slaves mm-hmm. and If they took their shirt off you could see their neck was red So if their neck was red it was like a a class identifier mm-hmm. you knew that if somebody had a white neck they didn't work in the fields somebody had a red neck they did work in the field so from the perspective of wealthy people a white person with a red neck and a black person was worth little mm-hmm. so what happened was the british came down and said hey y'all uh rednecks and y'all black people who are out on these fields slaving because this was the time when the british was still you know they was trying to uh I can't my time frames is off. The British was trying to fuck America up. Mm-hmm. What America was trying to be mm-hmm. up because, you know, the British king, they had rule over America and they was like, Well, we ain't trying to hear that shit no more. And uh British was still trying to fuck shit up. Mm-hmm. The British came over here and said, Hey, we're gonna give y'all y'all freedom if y'all fight with us. And they burnt down the Capitol in Virginia. Like they they fucked the city up. <laughs> so the result of that was the wealthy people said, We're going to take the white people off of the fields and we are going to allow them to be a part of society they still be marginalized but what it did was created this dynamic where they felt like they were better than black people mm-hmm. and so when political schemes came around that started supporting black people those groups were against it and the wealthy helped continue them for them to believe that they you know different and so that shit's still going today that dynamic still goes on today where a a poor white person will still feel like they better than a poor black person because they not black and they will vote vote against things that they feel like helps those black people they vote against entitlements that they use that's just so and i don't like the word entitlements but i'm saying it from the way that they say it mm-hmm. you know they vote for handouts that they participate in <laughs> <laughs> you know and and i just don't understand why black people get such a bad rap for for those services when white people use those services statistics have shown that but no nobody go out to to search that out you, they just go with what the cliche is and what people say but statistics have been showing us that white people utilize those services more white women specifically but whatever but, but yeah that just that just you know, like I said, it didn't make me not want to help her, but it did kind of frustrate me in that moment because I'm just like, bitch, you was crazy as fuck. You finna die. Do you know that? You still, like, and he ain't gonna give a fuck about you. 
It's been other people that have died prior to you and, and gonna die after you that still believe the same bullshit you believe in right now. Like, fuck out of this office. <laughs> oh my God, I was so upset. Because it's just like, it's, it's just, it's just really crazy to see that she still felt the same way to, despite the fact that she's a ticking time bomb, as it were. And the man on the and the man on CNN was like, "No, this is not enough because Starbucks need to start this training today." And you I was to like, "Set it up." My that's nigga. what I was saying. I was like, <laughs> Shit. "I mean, we're already in this situation because people in groups like Starbucks don't understand implicit racism and how this exists. Don't you want them to be able to set up an appropriate level of training for them?" You know what would they do otherwise? In a mass training, you they gotta find somebody in all of the cities and all of the places where they had a star. Like that isn't unreal, and they ain't saying December, my nigga. They said next month. Like they need that is a an adequate amount of time to set up the size of a training that they're attempting to do on the same day. The fuck is you talking about? You just sound crazy, nigga. <laughs> but like I said, I mean this. This is better than anybody has ever done. Mm-hmm. If if you're a black person that don't agree with what Starbucks is doing, then create a plan. You know, I want to know what a plan looks like when a a white owned establishment messes up as it pertains to black or brown people. What should they do? You know, they shouldn't close their doors. You know what I'm saying? Close down their whole business. You know, I mean, what what should they do, and and how does that rectify? Cause, you know, it's a lot of comedians out there, like you know the YouTube comedians and stuff, and they mm-hmm. they like shit. Well, shit, we can't get coffee from Starbucks. We can't go to H and M. We can't use Dove soap. We can't use Shea Moisture. Like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> if we look back to the roots, and if we use one racist experience. To stop us from doing anything in society, we, we won't do be doing shit, shit soon. Mm-hmm. Every one of these companies has got a story. Uh, Old Navy. This man walked. This man walked in the Old Navy with his his jacket that he bought from Old Navy on, and when he went to check out, they said, "Are you gonna pay for that jacket you got on?" I already did, motherfucker. Yeah, like, <laughs> my jacket, bitch. I shop here. <laughs> If 100% of my clothes came from Old Navy, every time I came, would you be expecting me to pay for it? <laughs> Damn. Yeah, so that shit was crazy. If we look for a bunch of isolated experiences of what happened, we won't be doing shit or participating in shit. We need a measure by which we definitely don't need to participate. Like, H&M, I don't even know if black people really use H&M like that, but like, you know, I can understand how that frustration is that high. You know what I'm saying? With a whole company because somebody sat in a marketing room with advertisers and they said, let's put this shirt about a monkey on a black kid. And they did it and and, and it turned out the way it did. You know, Starbucks, they ain't got shit to do with Starbucks. That was one employee mm-hmm. that represented Starbucks that got fired for what she was doing. And now they're reacting as an agency because that employee fucked up. I don't mm-hmm. think that's on Starbucks. No. But I do think that the response is something that nobody else has done. Accurate. So, whatever. So the Pied Piper of underage girls oh, is hell. not having a very good run of luck currently. Oh. 
So, all at once, he lost his lawyer, his assistant, and his publicist. <laughs> uh, at least three members of R. Kelly's inner circle have cut ties with him. The R&B singer's executive assistant of over 10 years, Diana Copeland, and his attorney of the past four years, Linda Mintz, have resigned from their roles. His publicist, Travion Cootie, Cuddy? Cuddy or Cootie? I don't know. C-U-D-I? K-U-T-T-I. Mm. <laughs> also confirmed that she... Oh, it's a girl. Trevion sound like a dude. Whatever. Also confirmed that she no longer works with R. Kelly as of April the 16th. The timing seems to come after news of several sexual allegations surrounding the singer, including sex cult allegations and a new complaint com- claiming that he allegedly knowingly gave a 19-year-old girl an STD. Copeland confirmed that she stopped working with Kelly as of April 1st. Mintz told BBC that she no longer represented Mr. Kelly or his entities, but added that her departure was unrelated to these new allegations, which is bullshit. I think all of them jumped ship because they like, I'm tired of this shit. Like <laughs> every month, Kelly, every month, Robert, I'm tired. We can't keep up with this. It's too much. I quit. <laughs> you got too much going on. It's too much. When your publicist, your lawyer, and your assistant all just jump ship at the same time, it's not a good look. For somebody who already ain't a good look. He just ain't a good look in and of himself as it is. But just Pied Piper of R&B. Of underage girls is more accurate than... <laughs> I just, R. Kelly ain't has... no proof. This, that was just funny. R. Kelly has been able to, to have years in the spotlight and years of allegations and still just be able to make a bunch of enablers yeah these people have enabled him to be able to do what he wants to i really don't give a damn if they quit now because they conscience caught up with their ass (laughs) but they know that this man been participating in stuff he ain't got no business yeah i just which it's (laughs) it's disgusting but also astounding at the same time because a black man in america who've been doing but but you know what probably because it's been he's been doing it to black girls like i wonder if he had been like doing this with white girls if he would if this would still be under wraps and he still wouldn't have no charges that stuck like if it if it was a becky mm-hmm. instead of a evidence in our society would say that it would be different because and you know what it's like not because they value white girls but it's because this that's how little black women and girls are valued in our society that's really sad i hate to say it like that but no it's true it's very sad though because again this has been going on forever and it's still it's still black women that are like my tickets to r Kelly concert i just can't support like I don't know how you could do that and be okay with it. And I guess that goes back to the question of whether or not you're able to separate an artist from the work that they do. And in this case, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, I can't. Like, that's disgusting. He's disgusting. He's a horrible human being. Whether he get arrested or whether he's been tried and convicted, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not supporting you. Yeah. So, this past week, I had a conversation with somebody. It's connected to this situation. I had a conversation with somebody, and I asked this question on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. When we talked about the Louis C.K. situation. Mm -hmm. What do you do 
with somebody that you value has been problematic in somehow, in some ways, you know. So anybody listening, you read, you know, think about who one of your favorite people is, whether it's a TV show character, an actor, a movie star. And I did this before. I, I I can't think of anybody that I value so much that if they did some really fucked up shit that I wouldn't well, be able to walk away from. Not even that you value them, but you value or the things work. they create. Yeah, even that. I'm trying, I don't know anybody that I'm that connected to their artistry that I would be able to like separate it. I don't know. I don't know of anybody. Is there any YouTube? Because uh, you watch a lot of YouTube and YouTube channels, or any uh, t- any of the TV shows that you watch on. Um, about the women who kill folks and do all kind of crazy stuff. Is there a show or a character that you value enough that it would be kind of difficult for you to separate yourself from it? Because so so my situation yeah. is, but you know, think about it if you have a character like that. But my situation is Childish Gambino. You know, and I was in a dialogue. I mean, I try to reflect on the conversations and dialogues I have. And I like Atlanta. Atlanta's amazing. I like that Childish Gambino is going to be in Lion King. Mm-hmm. I like Community, and I liked his role in Community. He was in Star Wars. The next, he's going to be in the next. He's going to be in the next Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I've been following his music for some time, but he does have a track record of problematic shit. Mm-hmm. One one of them, the the worst of it is his this video that he got called Bro Rape. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. He did it when he was 20. It was like 13 years ago when he was with a part of this group called Derek Comedy. Him and some white guys, they were just comedians. He did one called Bro Rape. It was about the, you know, white guys with the collars flipped and all that. But it was a skit about him being portrayed as a dude who, like, hang out with the bros, Mm -hmm. get them drunk, and then rape them. Right? What? Yeah. It was like... (laughs) a news report about them reporting on bro rape being a new phenomenon and trying to, you know, stop it. Yeah, that's... That is awful. You know, and not and not only that, but... It's not even funny. Not only that, but, I mean, it's... I think it really supposed to be kind of a stab at those group of white males. I mean, I know. Oh, that are really that. like that that feel untouchable i mean that's the only sense i can get out of it but it it's just problematic yeah. but you know and then he went on to defend comedians being able to use rapes and make rape jokes now he ain't the only one who feel that way in the world of comedy i mean dave Chappelle is another one now dave Chappelle don't make rape jokes but he has made comments referencing there should be no material off limits for comedians. Comedians are the first line of defense for when bullshit is happening in our society to kind of lessen the the impact of it, you know, in their own way. Uh, and and it's just an endless number of comedians that that at some point make rape jokes. That ain't defending rape shit because I don't agree with that, you know. But the fetish fetishization of Asian women, yeah, which I can go to the song that he does that you know the references to rape in some of his songs where i can go to the lyric like he got one lyric that he says um all of these mcs want their asses back 
you didn't know that I'm a rapist as the track. So he's making a reference to like asserting himself on a on a on a song, but like why would you use that? Oh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he I mean It's just important. He's taking some jabs at black women. Yeah. In some of his music. Uh he's kind of been like accepted as the you know, white on the inside, black on the outside type, mm-hmm. you know, cat. And the reason I like a lot of his music really is because without recognizing or looking at those things and and isolating them to being problematic, his version of black more closely fits the version of black that I grew up with, which was the version that was not accepted by people Mm -hmm. who considered themselves as black, black. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I never considered myself as white on the inside, but, you know, the way that I spoke the the grades the the way I was willing to involve myself with you know getting help in schools you know the shit that the cool black kids think is nerdy shit uh-huh. you know what I'm saying like that that's been Childish Gambino that's how he's portrayed himself in a lot of his music and I connect with that you know so that's why I've liked his music in general but when you look at all of those things that he's done I'm trying to tease out when when is it okay like can you loathe Bill Cosby and value Heathcliff Huxtable? You know what I'm saying? I still think so with Bill Cosby. I, I do think that he's a terrible person. But look, you know, look, it don't get no worse than what Bill Cosby said uh, has done. Yeah. Because even if Childish Gambino talking about rape and accepting it as comedy, he committed rape. He didn't put no goddamn quaaludes. And, like so, I'm just saying, I'm using Bill Cosby no, because but, it really don't get yeah, it don't get much worse than Bill Cosby in that sense. I don't versus think, what his character was yeah. in, in that show. I think the Cosby show in general gave so much to like just the black. It, it was a, a look at that we could have like a uh, a traditional family setup that worked where both parents were in the house and both parents worked and they were heavily involved with their kids alive. I don't think that tarnishes what the Cosby show was for black folk. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I haven't boycotted, like if Cosby show is on, I'll, I'll still watch it. You know what I'm saying? So, but like if Bill Cosby did anything like current, which he has done a couple of things like not here but like within the last few years i wouldn't support that shit but like i feel like what that show did culturally is such so it's bigger than like ripping that show out of the history books for for black culture uh, at the account of or at the expense of him so 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 that's bill cosby he did what he did mm -hmm. the show is is an epic vintage show mm-hmm. it's completed mm-hmm. we can tease those things out but what about somebody who is actively creating things like now? atlanta i love like, Atlanta. like like childish gambino like atlanta that has those problems is it is it like do it need do you need to boycott everything that that person is a part of and just be like you know fuck that shit or is it just you know what I'm just not gonna put him on no pedestals I'm gonna bootleg his shit I'm gonna stream his shit from Cody I ain't gonna like is participating in that person's content passively and not supporting them through because there's a lot of other actors in that shit mm-hmm. I could be supporting uh 
I forgot. The, I don't know. Darius is I knew Darius is. It's Lamar. Lamar. I don't know, but I could be supporting a lot of people around his content. But it's the fact that he's the director or the creator. He's going to benefit the most out of your support than the actors are. You know, so like. I mean, this is an active dialogue I'm having with myself because yeah. I'm. It's a difficult question. I don't see myself stopping I think participating in his stuff. I and it's real easy when it's somebody like Nate Parker. So mm-hmm. I ain't give a fuck about nothing he did. No way. I could be like, man, fuck that. I ain't watching no Nat Turner. One, I wasn't going to watch Nat Turner. No way. You know what I'm saying? And if it wasn't Nate Parker. And then Nate Parker did the shit he did. And it's like, I'm trying to figure out the balance between when that happens to somebody that you value. I think, I don't know. I feel like you have to take it on a case-by-case. I would take it on a case-by-case basis. Like, like with R. Kelly, I haven't supported any of his new stuff. And the stuff that I already owned of his, it just feel weird. But now, when I listen act like to when it, the song come on, you don't be jigging a little bit. You don't you don't listen to that shit and be like, oh, I'm sick to my stomach. Oh my god, turn it off. It depends on what the song is, cause some of the more sexual songs now I just like see kids. young girls. <laughs> uh, but like what remix ignition, got, the remix initiative, that shit come on. I probably would like hit the dance floor because I still like that song. But like some of the music I can't listen to anymore just because. I, I know he was singing to like 14 year olds and it takes on a but, whole different but in, in ignition he say mama rolling that body got every man in here wishing she rolling down the hill on the playground I hate you so fucking much <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, when he say got every man in here wishing he talking about all the other pedophiles and creeps uh, I don't I come across every R. Kelly song for you I, well, here's the thing. I, I'm not in environments where that is an issue very often. Even the wedding we went to, they didn't play no R. Kelly music, I don't think. They didn't. Like, the whole time I was up there dancing, that shit never came on. So, like, it's not something that I have to, like, be concerned with most of the time because that, it just don't happen. Like, motherfuckers just ain't ain't playing his shit at parties. And I don't go it's to ingrained. a lot of parties. Some of it is ingrained for me because I sing a little bit and R. Kelly songs been on my in my shower playlist for like years. Yeah. So sometimes I'm in the shower and I'm singing an R. Kelly song, and it's just what it is. Can't do nothing about it now. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I can do something about it. I, I like I said, I don't, I don't anything that he's done recent and within like the last. She don't even remember the last time I support a so project that, of R. Is Kelly. That a choice for you, or are you saying that? If you don't agree with something that a person has done or a problem that that person has, that you shouldn't participate in their current shit. That's a choice for me. I can't tell anybody else what to do. I choose to not support anything that he does currently. Like, again, Ignition, I I know that fucking song because I listen to it so much prior to me knowing all this other shit. You know what I'm saying? Like... And so it, it's just kind of ingrained in my mental music Rolodex. But I I don't support anything that he does now. Like, I wouldn't buy R. Kelly concert tickets. And if I won R. Kelly concerts, even if I won the shits, I wouldn't go. Because I would just... Well, you know, I was in a dialogue about it. And, you know, I'm just defending Childish Gambino, you know, as much as I can. I can't defend him on the rape shit, you know. 
but he had a poem called uh, uh, Childish Gambino is a white rapper. It was like a satirical take on him being white. You know what I'm saying? Like Lil Dicky and uh, uh, Freaky Friday. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I it, woke up and it was kind of like uh, he was just. It was a response to Ferguson. What was going on in Ferguson at the time? Mm-hmm. And but at the end of it, it was pretty much basically, you know. But I'm but I'm a nigga. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is, he spent so much time acting like white on the inside, black on the outside. What how he portrays himself. That it's so easy to look at that and be like, this this nigga just want to be white, you know what I'm saying? But but I, I don't like I don't see that. You don't see that with Atlanta. You don't see that in a lot of his later music. I mean, he speaks out about like police brutality and problematic bullshit. It's just that past. And the same thing for the rape comments. Like that's a part of his past. Mm-hmm. The bro rape video. He did that when he was 20, 21 years old. That shit is weird. You know what I'm saying? And, and like I'm finding myself saying, well, that shit's old. You know, he never acknowledged that. Well, he's referenced to those things being problematic. He ain't apologized to nobody. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And 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 that for me that goes into like it goes into misogyny. It goes into because there's a level of something that Childish Gambino can do that I won't fuck with him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If they find a whole slew of child porn on his computer, I'll stop watching Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? I will drop that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I'll stop listening to all of his... Like, it's a certain level of shit that he can do. But a big part of that is because this is my profession and and I dig deep into... And I work with kids that have had those experiences, so Mm -hmm. I know how problematic that is. But, like, I'm sitting here still accepting him having talked all this shit about rape because rape ain't statistically something that's going to affect me. You know, when women might not even, women don't have that same luxury of looking at that shit and saying, well, that's old, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I mean, so I'm an owner. It's just an active. I'm trying to figure it out. I've been trying to figure it out since that Louis C.K. episode. I think I just did. It just, it just didn't dawn on me until I was having a conversation with my friend that like he has some problematic stuff. But it's old. Like, is there a statute of limitation on that shit? Like, I think that is twenty-one years old to thirty-four years old. You know what I'm saying? He hadn't done anything remotely close to that. How problematic is is that? How much can we say he was young and yada yada yada? I mean, blah, I blah, think blah. at the end of the day, everybody has to make their own decision about who they're gonna support and who not. I don't think that we have to collectively come to an agreement about what the rules are of when we pull our um, support for somebody. I think that's something that but you do just I only uh, do I only support him if I contribute to him financially? Like I said, if I stream Cody and download all his shit, you know what I'm saying? Again, that's that's gonna. I think that's something that everybody. I don't think we're collectively gonna come to an agreement. It's some shit that's just gonna stay subjective from person to person, like. I think that's something that you have to decide for yourself. What that means to you. I don't know. Like I'm not gonna stop participating, but I'm also not gonna stop having this dialogue with myself. Uh but but in order for me to call myself an advocate for black women, I can't accept the bullshit that he say about black women if he do it. Mm-hmm. But then again, he ain't did that shit shit, shit in ten years. You know what I'm saying? 
in in I mean I can like I said I can go to the song like I that's how much I've listened to Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. I can point you to the songs where he say shit that is problematic. You know, I can point you to the song where he fetishizes Asian women. I can point you to a lot of shit that he does that you know a lot of people will look at it and say you know that's a problem. But it's old. <laughs> a lot of it is old. Mm-hmm. You can't go like all that shit is before because the internet. Which, because the internet came out in like maybe 2010 or 11, you know what I'm saying? If I'm if I'm not mistaken, you know. So a lot of that shit was before that. So I don't know. Did you say the internet came out in 2010? No, or his, he had an album called "Because the Internet." Oh, yeah. I was like, nigga, <laughs> <laughs> what? So, but you know, I I do consistently try to challenge myself. It's also a comedian named Reginald D. Hunter. He had a whole little rape joke segment. And I'm like, he went back onto the con. And I like Reginald D. Hunter, but like, if I'm going to be an advocate for a lot of the things that I say I'm an advocate for, it's some shit I can't accept. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know if accept means just, you know, stop listening all together and say fuck that nigga. Or if it means, well, I ain't put no money in your pockets. You know, or if I can just brush it off as it, you know, don't mean anything to me, mm-hmm. you know, but, but that's a problem. But, you know, I'm not the kind of person that, that, that do the tit for tat, you know, but like, it's the same thing that for me, I guess it's the same thing that came up with Stefan Clark, you know, oh yeah, because at this point, if, if something happened to me, one thing I could be certain of is they're going to go through my Twitter and mm-hmm. they're going to go through all of my Facebook mm-hmm. statuses and they might find something that invalidates me to them. You know what I'm saying? With Stephon Clark, was he a douche? Absolutely, 100%. It doesn't change the fact that he died unnecessarily at the hands of the police. Like, I don't think he deserved to die because he was a bitch-ass nigga. Like, <laughs> I still but, think the police were wrong. But, I, I mean, I want to connect that to the idea that, you know... I felt that men was thrown under the bus for 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 all of the support that came for not supporting him because of what he said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and like, I don't have no particular feelings about it. I mean, he was a fucker for all this stuff that he said. But I just imagine that black women feel that shit so often, and women feel that shit so often when people support people who are supporting rapists and rape mm-hmm. jokes and black women feel it when you know black dudes put out you know statements about black women who mm-hmm. that that's off-putting and problematic like some of the shit that he said and, and other black people but said, they didn't kill him because he said bullshit about black women they killed him because they was police well, that's that, why I'm that saying, what i'm that's saying why like separate yeah from the police component yeah that that's I, why i, I, I can isolate yeah the 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 context when when you validate somebody for some reason and who it invalidates. Yeah. When you invalidate, when you validate, if I validate something that invalidates somebody else, I'm vicariously enabling they bullshit and I'm vicariously snubbing the person that it is talk shit about. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like the more people who support a childish Gambino who say shit about rape when he said it, you know, is enabling him to think he can still say it because he don't lose no fan base and then it's shit on the women who 
who it's referencing to. So, like I said, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to figure out what LL, like, I'm not, I'm not activist supreme. I don't even consider myself an activist. To be an activist, you got to be active. That's mm-hmm. what I think. I'm not active. You know, I, I, I got a voice and I help people try to understand this shit verbally through dialogue, but I'm not a go out on the front lines type of person. I don't know if I ever will be. I don't know with what will happen. It's just everybody don't have the same intent. And that's my problem with being grouped up in a bunch of people. That was my problem with that's why I've never joined a fraternity. That's why I don't like being ident I want to be identified as an individual. Mm-hmm. If I had been out on uh, if for example, if I had went out with uh, I don't remember which one it is, but a group of people started yelling, you know, fry pigs like bacon, referencing the cops. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a part of that shit. That don't reflect how I feel about the situation. Yeah. You know, so I just don't see myself getting a whole bunch of mass of people with different ideals and different ways that they think shit's supposed to happen and letting my ideals be diluted with they bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, and I don't know if that's an acceptable answer, but you know, all this shit is subjective. And, and a big part of it for me goes to that same dynamic I was talking about where we've been placed under this group microscope of scrutiny that it's hard to be an individual and have individual idea and know what to do in a group. You know, but, you know, whatever. That's my that's my spiel that's connected to R. Kelly. But, you know, I encourage everybody, if it's somebody you value, what do you do when they full of bullshit? And we know what every Trump supporter gonna do when somebody that you value got a whole bunch of bullshit connected to them. You're gonna turn a blind out of that shit and just let it keep happening. You know, and what does it take for a person to to have retribution from what they did? You know, I don't know. These are just active shits that I'm asking myself. So we can move on to the next thing. Vern Troyer and Avicii died. So mm-hmm. rest in peace to them. Avicii, Avicii is so 29. sad. 29. How did he die? Did, was it drugs or something? I think it was drugs. I'm, I'm willing to bet. It was probably suicide. The only reason I say that is because he's had issues before with not taken to fame very well. Uh, he actually stopped performing. He was still making music, but he wasn't performing because the performing led to him drinking and doing drugs. Because he do e- EDM music is really connected to like ecstasy and like raves and shit. And so once he started performing, like he he got hooked up with a lot of bullshit and he had gotten clean but he was still just struggling with fame and what that meant and he was only 29 years old it's just really sad and i like avici what's the other dude named little dude Vern choya that's mini me yeah uh-huh the guy he lived long for uh for a, a, a small person mm-hmm. he did a little person sad just rest in peace above it up if y'all listen Mental health is serious. It's real. If y'all are struggling, find somebody to help you. There are people. This is what they do. They're there for that specific purpose. Um, don't wait until because that's you know suicide. One of them shits you can't take back. You can't jump off a building and then on the way down be like, you know what? I, I changed my mind. <laughs> like, it's not that shit work. Like, but it's it's recorded that that's what happens mid fall. 
mm-hmm. when people jump, then they realize it was a bad decision, but it's nothing they can do about Too it. Too late now. This has been the the story recalled by people who have jumped and survived. And survived. Uh-huh. They almost all of them go into a oh no, what have I done type situation after they jump. Can't take it back. So you you overdosed yourself or whatever your method is, you know, there there is a point of no return where ain't shit you can do about it. So before you get to the point of no return, get some help, please. There are people out there who are trained to do that, that are willing and able to assist you. Seek out the help, please. Um, don't be mid-fall trying to figure shit out. It's too late then. Yeah. So, Syracuse University, they expelled a fraternity, Theta Tau fraternity, after footage came up of them having, like, some lewd video and dialogue. Uh, So, it had this dude standing in front of him with, like, something, like, like it says meat, and making him put his mouth on the end of it, but... It was like a chant they had to do. It was like, I solemnly swear to always have hatred in my heart for niggas, kikes, just a whole bunch of slurs. And the university, because of that, expelled the fraternity from the campus. Now, (laughs) they going to expel the fraternity, but they ain't going to do nothing to the individuals. Like, they gonna allow a, a organization to be expelled because of of what individuals done, but the individuals don't get no consequences. Like the consequences for the individuals is that they don't get to be a part of their organization, but they get to keep carrying their racist selves around the campus. That's all they're gonna do. They're not gonna expel the students. I don't know. I don't know. Because right, normally, as of, right now, as of right now, the only response they have had. Is to expel the fraternity. Even white students expel for way less. Like them girls that did the blackface, or like I, that would be really terrible if they did not expel those students. Cause we didn't, we didn't see white students get expelled for doing racist shit from the school. You know, so you know, a part of me don't give a fuck about what happened to white people who are racist or who portray racist things. You know, a part of me is saying how much of how much of those boys who are on the line experiences that they are racist and that they knew this organization was like that? Or how much of this is just one dude who act like this? You know, I mean, to me, it don't make a difference because everybody else in the room is condoning. And I was just going to say, it can't be one but, dude because even if you... And how strong of a white person do you have to be in that room to say, well, I'm out of this motherfucker or to be on a line if you don't agree with that shit? They say, I'm finna get the fuck out, out of here. I ain't got time for this goddamn level of racism. That is just awful. <laughs> being on, you know, we are, I ain't in the fraternity, but I know enough about the shit to know that being online is a very critical thing. You can get fucked up in your life for being the reason that a line get dropped. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like That's black that's the divine nine is white is it the same thing in white fraternities and sorority though i know in the divine nine they, they take that shit seriously you get your yeah but like i don't know about white fraternities oh, no, all i know is that they haze like a motherfucker and they still got the no snitch snitches get stitches policies 
people done died and all of the dudes be that participated in that shit didn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? One trying to say, like a whole bunch of people that last time went down, that dude who who died from internal injuries mm-hmm. and they didn't take him to the hospital. A lot of people went down for that shit. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if it's like it is for, you know, black fraternities and sororities. But I do know that like the same concept worked for all of them things. You know? Yeah. I so I want it was, if it was a black if it was a black fraternity or sorority and the people that was online was just doing the bidding of the people above them and the, the shit they was doing was just wrong. I wonder how much of that shit they would do. For I the mean, sake of, of, for the sake of people whatever. do a lot of bullshit to get into some of these sororities and fraternities. They allow a lot of shit to ride that I would not. That's why I'm not in one because I you're not finna. It's not gonna happen. I'm not gonna make it. So, I, <laughs> um, so you know, but the individuals that's a part of that bullshit to me, they definitely need to have some consequences. But this day and age. Why would you do that shit? And you know, there's cameras that like this. The thing, like all these little white kids at college who keep getting expelled from school for this. People have cameras every fucking where. Like you're gonna get posted online, and it's gonna be a problem. Like what? How many times do this have to happen for white people to be like, you know what? <laughs> Maybe we should just keep this closeted like we had been doing before. Having it at a probate show, which I'm assuming is that was the white version of that, because they were getting ready to join the fraternity. I, I would get probate show more than just a regular meeting. Hell, I don't know what it's called. It's called shop or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> My old roommate used to. She was a Zeta, and she used to call it shop when they would do them little secret meetings and mm-hmm. shit. You know that that nobody supposed to know about. I wasn't supposed to know about, but she was my roommate, and you know I wasn't supposed to know about the motherfuckers who was on the line. But she had the whole line come help us move. <laughs> all the boys moved all of our shit to our new place. That's funny. I was like, that's fucking amazing to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like they she basically told him to be available at this time on this day from these hours, <laughs> everybody, and be here, or you gonna have some consequences. And them motherfuckers was there. The boys helped move all the furniture and the girls all cleaned the fucking place. See, that's that shit. She told me, she was like, you ain't see shit? And I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, you know, I was like, what are you talking about? I don't know nothing. You know, nothing happened. You know, so. That's the shit I wouldn't have been. I'm not going to clean your shit. She called that shit shop. That's just when they get you together and it, it, they just basically, I don't want to say they haze. You know, some people do clearly. But they put you through a whole bunch of shit that's supposed to like connect you to the people that you want to line with. That that's what that's supposed to be. So that might have just been a normal secret meeting that they have. Anybody who's a part of fraternities, I don't really expect you to answer the question. They're not going, what's going on. That's fine. But but what? How hard is it if you are in a fraternity to stand up to the bullshit? If you feel like it need to be stood up to, you know, because and, and I don't know if this is going to be an easy question or a hard question to answer, because if you're in a fraternity and it's a lot of bullshit that went down that you dealt with in order to be a part of it, what level to, of bullshit that you wouldn't have? Like, what do you expect these dudes that's online to do? You know what I'm saying? If it's content like this, 
You know, but it, but you know, another thing about this shit is like the same thing. What I thought about Starbucks and what I think about this is this kind of shit's good. Like, do you know how many people? They not gonna be mad at Starbucks. They gonna be mad at black people on March on May twenty ninth. <laughs> These fraternities, they gonna be mad at people who are offended by the bullshit they say. That's the problem. Like, they not gonna be mad. They ain't mad at the woman with implicit bias. They ain't mad at start. They gonna be mad at black people because they already feel like we complain about shit just for the hell of it. They don't understand that the shit actually exists and it's something that we go through that we shouldn't have to as American citizens that on paper are supposed to have the same rights as every fucking body else. But they're going to be, that's just going to be like Martin, May 29th is be mad at black folks. I ain't got my coffee this morning. <laughs> and and I, I can tell you right now, a whole bunch of black folks was calling for, for Starbucks boycotts. A whole bunch of white people going to be calling for Starbucks boycotts because they catering yep. to two brown people. Yep. Shit's just gonna happen. Like that. But you know, it is what it is. Congrats to Michelle Williams. She's engaged to um I think he mixed maybe? Who is that? From Destiny's Child. Oh. Poor Michelle. Did you see her? You see that video of her? That's they beat look, Michelle is the more religious one of the group. What that mean? That means she can't twerk. She can't twerk. She don't know how. Michelle ain't never been that able ain't to got dance. Do religion. I, she just wasn't shaking her. Look, twerking takes practice. You start out early twerking, and I don't think she did. I think twerking. I don't think twerking take that much practice. Number one. Obviously, I think, it do. I, no, I think you need a. There, there got to be a prerequisite. The prerequisite is the booty meat. The thigh ratio. You got to have that. Kelly ain't got no giant ass, but she was able to do it. Like, Kelly's ass Her ratio is different. <laughs> Kelly, no, Kelly got thickness. Michelle had got none. But she didn't even shake her ass. She did her back. <laughs> Look, let me say this. Y'all need to leave Michelle Williams alone. Because she has said before that she was suicidal during the Destiny Child days. Like, people have always, if you look up poor Michelle... You can find all kind of pictures and videos where she don't really fit <laughs> with with uh Kelly and Beyonce, and that video is just another example of folks fucking with her. Like, yeah, she she twerked her back instead of her ass. She did, but it's Michelle. Like, that's what she do. So Michelle has found her nice Christian man, and she's gonna marry. So good for her. She she's not poor Michelle right now. All these women find a nice Christian man until he banging somebody else. Well, he's actually a pastor, so I know that don't mean she, shit. Eddie but Long was a pastor. I'm just saying he he. <laughs> she the only one that went after somebody what that. that oh. Ty Tribbett. Oh yeah, he's a pastor. Look, she the only one that went Donnie after. McClurkin. She the only he's one. A went after. Oh, according to Dodger McClurkin, he's he's not gay no more. So he got delivered. So he I different. Mean, I guess it depends on what what gay is. <laughs> you know, if you still love boys but you don't have sex with them, is that gay? She the only one got a man that's Christian on paper. That's the pastor on paper. Beyonce got with Jay Z and Kelly husband. I forgot what he do, but he damn sure ain't no pastor, nothing religious at all. She the only one that got somebody religious on paper. How about that? So congrats to her. Happy for you. 
Y'all need to leave her alone. She ain't never been Beyonce or Kelly, and she just ain't gonna be like she just ain't. Uh, they she agreed to that dance move. Yeah, they practiced that dance and move. She did and her Beyonce, back. Who was right in front of, right behind <laughs> her? Been seeing her back do that <laughs> <laughs> the whole time. But I think Michelle, one of the, she just ain't gonna be able to do it. Like I feel like. Beyonce and Kelly, it's probably just like, you know, Michelle. Like Michelle, you here for your voice. Okay? <laughs> now, we do expect you to participate in this shit, but you, we, you here for your voice. <laughs> That's what it seems like. Like, and it, so here's my thing about people that twerk like what, what Michelle did. It takes more energy, I feel like, to do your back than to do your ass. <laughs> like, well, it, it, take, it takes muscles that you ain't trained to do that. She ain't got them muscles trained. That shit look. She look. Did you ever see that video? The little white, little skinny, skinny little white girl that mm-hmm. did that. What she reminded yeah. me of. That's what. That's what Michelle reminded me of when I saw that. Was that little skinny white girl? Mm-hmm. Y'all leave Michelle alone. Michelle's engaged and she's happy and excited. So good for her, y'all. Can stop with the poor How you Michelle know she happy? shit. She said she was. I like go by Everybody what people say. Well, she said she was. So who say they ain't happy on interviews and shit? I mean, she seemed happy with him for a while. Like she kept they kept a secret for a long time. Then when they started posting pictures, uh, I mean, they seemed why would she happy. Keep a secret? I wonder why she keep a secret. So that she said that she had just got out. She met so he do these religious retreats, and she actually met him because she went on a religious retreat because she had got out of a bad relationship, and she said she just wanted to focus on this them and not have people all in it. So they they had it secret for a while, and whatever. I don't know, but she engaged, so whatever. <laughs> Congrats, Michelle. Hopefully now you... She just don't need to twerk no more. Like, they just need to set up dance moves where she... Because, you know, there's some singers that can't dance, and so they just had dancers dancing, and they don't dance. Michelle needs to be that like person. Yeah. She, she do stuff like fall back and let her dancers catch uh-huh. her and spin her around and shit. Yeah. She need to do that type of shit. Like, Michelle don't need to twerk. Michelle... Michelle was probably comfortably fine knowing that she wasn't finna walk nowhere with Destiny's Child ever again <laughs> until Beyonce called her for Baychella and was like, hey, trying to get the crew together. She did the Super Bowl too. She was, and they was doing pull Michelle in because her mic was lower than <laughs> I like Michelle's voice. <laughs> I it don't. ain't better than uh, it ain't better than Beyonce, but I like it. I don't like it. She sound like a child. It sound like a little girl voice. <laughs> I don't like it. It's too high pitched. I, like I don't like her voice. I mean, I like all of their voice clearly, but Beyonce clearly wins the competition. <laughs> her voice. <laughs> and then you know Kelly and Michelle for me are close, close seconds. No, I hate Michelle's singing voice. It's just, it just that reminds me of a little child singing on Easter Sunday. It got, it, it it got a it got an adult tint to it. It ain't mm. like it ain't a child voice. It sounds childlike to me. What else? Thank you. But uh, yeah. That's it. That's all I had. Uh, last thing I got is about a mother who left her four kids under twelve home alone <laughs> with a gun while she toured Germany. And how old was the oldest child? It was two twins. They twelve years old. 
So she left two 12-year-olds in charge of two other kids with a gun in the house. And she went out of the, not just gone, but she was out of the fucking country in Germany. Yep. That's just levels of irresponsibility that I just can't even speak to. She left her kids at home and said they'll be all right. Uh, six and seven year old and, the t- and two 12 year olds. 12 year olds can barely keep a dog alive, a goldfish alive. Well, you gonna this, trust them with children? <laughs> this might surprise a lot of you, but 13 years old is the age by which, in Alabama at least, our state recognizes a child as being old enough to stay at home by themselves. For how long though? For long Not extended that days, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to to be honest, like an hour is the same as twelve days as far as child protective services is. Yeah. Is. Like if you would leave, a, I mean, a child could kill themselves fucking with a stove in twenty minutes at thirteen. So they can. If you leave a child by themselves at an age that they deem inappropriate, it don't matter how long you leave them. 12 but days even is definitely a long time. But even as, as at an age that it, so let's say they were thirteen, I feel like her leaving the country and leaving them there is different from them coming home from school and being there till she get off work for a couple of hours. Well, the only reason this came to a head is because the mama told the kids not to call nobody, but they like called one of them called their daddy and said that mama was gone for like five six days. I feel like they're twelve. Well, like, what I'm saying is, if when I was fifteen, if my mama had left for eleven days, but we had enough food, and I walked to school normally or took the bus, it wouldn't have been no issue that arose that I had to call nobody. But you're fifteen. A twelve year old kid probably no, got scared. What I'm, what I'm saying, even thirteen. What I'm saying is, you know, you were saying when I said thirteen, you said about how long. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is. An older child would have been able to be self-sufficient for an extended period of time before an issue arose in which they had to call somebody to alert people that they was there by themselves, even if it would be a problem. Clearly, that's a problem with younger kids. I wouldn't even leave. Look, if I had kids, I had a 17-year-old. I'm not going to leave a 17-year-old in charge of their younger siblings for weeks at a time because guess what the most mature 17 year old is still impulsive as a motherfucker and can't be trusted to not throw a party or do some bullshit like they're not parents you don't parentify kids i don't care how old they are i ain't even talking about yeah i wouldn't leave an older kid in in charge of younger kids for that that period of time a older kid by themselves would be fine you know what i'm saying as much as you know your child anyway. Even then, I'd be like, you have to stay somebody got to, or come by there and check on your dumb ass. Because again, like, even the mature teen, they do stupid shit. Like, we, we all know that. Like, teenagers do dumb shit. They just do. Like, and so I'm not going to be comfortable leaving the country and leaving you by yourself. Even if you're like 17, like, no. Somebody either going to be coming by there regularly to check on your dumb ass or you going to stay with your grandparents. Like, even at 17, like, if I was, it, it just, I guess the level of my anxiety about it is the fact that she left the country and you leave the kids there by themselves. Like, you didn't go away for a weekend <laughs> to somewhere to get away. You left the country. That's crazy. I would not even leave my seventeen because teenagers do do stupid 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 shit. If even they gonna do stupid shit. They gonna do stupid shit if you went to Atlanta. 
You went to Atlanta for that many damn days. I went, but I'm saying, like, I wouldn't go any. If I was going to be gone for that length of time, you're staying with somebody or somebody going to be coming over here because I don't trust you. Like, you, because not that I don't trust you because of who you are, I don't trust you because of how old you are. And I know teenagers are stupid. But see, and that, that's like, and can me, be talked into some shit. With me, <laughs> me and my brother, at the point that I was 17 and he was like 14, mm-hmm. me and him could have been at home for weeks. I mean, my childhood was emulated of being at home alone. Mm-hmm. My mama worked third shift and was sleep, so we just we we fended for ourselves in terms of food and everything else. Anyway, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, and we lived in a city small enough that we could walk everywhere we needed to go. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandparents happened to live next door, so my mama had a big blanket of security over us being at home by ourselves. But I feel like I would have been, we would have been able to handle it. You know, but I think about some of my clients, they would not be. No, the average teenager, they're stupid. Like I said, and I don't say stupid as a, you're supposed to be stupid as a teenager. I I have every expectation that any teenager that I come into contact with at some point is going to do some dumb shit that they shouldn't have did because they are impulsive and that's what the fuck they do. And so even if it ain't even got to be their idea, if some one of their dumb ass friends have a dumb ass idea, they might get on board with it and do some dumb shit. Cause you succumbing to peer pressure. Like it's just so many reasons why a teenager should not be entrusted. Like, for that length of time without supervision like and this and we ain't even talking about teenagers we talking about 12 year olds in this particular story like that's just and you left a gun at home you left a gun at home she left a gun there for them for protection like it wasn't that they're she just 12 left the gun at home. it ain't no such thing as leaving a gun for 12 year olds for protection because you didn't see all of these stories of kids killing other kids accidentally playing with a motherfucking gun you don't ain't no such thing as a child having a gun for protection no such we, thing we know that we're sensible <laughs> the fuck she dumb <laughs> she already she didn't, kids kill she each other no, all those she didn't said no uh situation <laughs> where adults was gonna check on them Nothing. She didn't even want nobody to know that they were there by themselves telling them not well, to call nobody. The babysitters set up. <laughs> she she tried to find babysitters, but it fell through. And when Guess they, what? That means you don't fail. get to go. See, that's what I want to say about these parents. Listen, when you decide to bring children into this world, you give up your right to just go do shit when you want to. If you cannot find adequate um, sitters for your, you don't get to go. That ain't no excuse. Like, I couldn't find nobody to watch her, so I had to leave him by himself. No. <laughs> you, you were supposed to just not go is the, the correct answer, ma'am. <laughs> not, not well, wasn't nobody to watch him, so what else I was supposed to do? I had to leave him. <laughs> no. No, you didn't. <laughs> you give up that right. Like, you don't get to do that. When you ha- Once you have a kid, like, you're going to be a lot of shit you ain't going to be able to do because of the kid. That's why you don't have them until you are prepared to give up those things. Cause you got four kids, I'm sure then nobody want to watch them for no week weeks at a time. Can, I mean, you can go to Germany. I mean, two of the kids went with their dad. The other two went with their dad. So you could have problem with calling their fucking daddies and saying, "Listen, either you gonna get these kids through <laughs> me, or you gonna get these kids through the government. <laughs> <laughs> it's your choice." Like, cause I'm leaving their asses out. Like, why? Like clearly, this is an irrational woman. There's a whole bunch of things that she could have done to to make sure that she could have took this trip and not had any problems, you know. But what's going on with this situation is that she ain't seeing no jail time. That's bullshit. 
know. She should absolutely be. That is child endangerment at the like what? <laughs> oh my god. I done had cl- Well they hadn't done well, I take that back. What level of it do you do jail time? Cause I I I got a lot of clients. I work with DHR a lot who lo- they just lose custody. They don't necessarily do jail time for like neglect. But I feel like at some level, <laughs> it's jail worthy. <laughs> you leaving the country, that's jail worthy to me. <laughs> like I would imagine that jail time would come from the gun. Yeah. Situation more than anything else, right? I don't know. That uh, just don't have kids, folks. Like, if you're not prepared, people don't have kids on purpose. <laughs> you should. There's no reason why they shouldn't. It's so simple now for you to not have a kid if you ain't ready. Like, it's no reason why people should be having kids not on purpose. No reason. Uh-huh. What reason? Because. Cause what? They just want to fuck. Well, you can fucking not make babies. That's what I'm saying. There is and no. If that was the case, it wouldn't be happening. But people are stupid. No. You people... said people don't have kids on uh, purpose, but it they could. They choose not to by Look, being listen, dumb. People having kids on purpose is different than people having kids from sex. That's what happens. They have sex. They don't want to use condoms, or they use a condom and it pop. And they have kids. And then, you know, it's most likely in America that they're going to be Christian. And amongst those, it's going to be that they pro-life. And they're not going to have an abortion. They're going to keep their child. But and, you, you not know, want it. legislation Trump them got coming out ain't going to help at all. But you know where babies come from. So, like, yeah, you might not want to use a condom, but you know how babies are made. When you're telling somebody... You're telling somebody to be responsible who would have kids and leave them at home <laughs> with a fucking loaded gun while they go to Germany. You telling that person that they should have been responsible 12 years ago. That was 50% more stupid 12 years ago. <laughs> and we don't even, we, and we know the, the worst that we know that look like is they have kids that they would leave at home <laughs> while they leave for fucking 12 days. Like, this is the level of irresponsibility you're dealing with. What you're saying is coming out of the mouth of a rational person <laughs> who understands that you can choose to have children with a person that you want to have children with and that you can avoid having children if you just make the right And guess what? You you can travel all your... AC Blow is planning a trip to Aruba right the fuck now. You know why? He ain't got no kids. Well, you know what? <laughs> if he had kids, he would still be planning a trip to Aruba because he would set up his family members to keep his kids. He would, he would set up babysitters to keep his kids. He would pay to keep his kids because yeah. he's a sensible <laughs> motherfucker. It ain't got shit to do with you having kids about doing what you want to do. It's ways that you can get around that shit. Well, she said she tried, but nobody would watch him. So her, her solution then was to just be like, okay. Well, you guys gotta stay home by yourself. She did try to get some people to. She didn't get their dad. Oh shit! You know what? Who's to say she didn't try to get the dads? And the dads might have been like, "Bitch, you ain't going to Germany." No, nope, I ain't watching them. <laughs> and then she was like, "Okay." Well, now <laughs> they got bit off more than they could chew. Cause now you gonna have them permanently instead of having them for twelve days. You are gonna have them until the court case. <laughs> court case get that? She ain't getting them kids back. No, there yeah. ain't no level of parenting class she can take. That's going to if if just saying don't do that ain't enough. 
What else she gonna learn? What state is this in? Because here in Alabama, <laughs> I can attest to the fact that I done seen some women get kids back that absolutely shit. And all they did was the bullshit they asked it's them to do. It's <laughs> circumstantial. It's circumstantial. I done seen a whole I, lot of people get I've kids had a client back. Just go back home because they ain't have nowhere else to put him in foster care. Nobody agreed with him going back home, but there wasn't nowhere else for him to go. They sent him back home. Like it's circumstantial. It ain't like a one size fits all. But in this case, it's a couple of GALs, a guardian ad mm-hmm. that I know, who this level of decision making <laughs> is beyond repair. It is. Like, if she didn't know that this shit was wrong, imagine all the shit that we don't know that she don't know is wrong that she would do if we put these kids back thinking she just won't do this no more. I bet the dads wish they had agreed to just take them for the 12 days. Now you going to have them. She reached out to the daddies. They probably they can't, But if they ain't got a good to relationship, her. even if she did, I, there are situations in which she could have and say, hey, I'm going on this trip to Germany for fun. And they would have been like, no, you ain't. You going to stay home and watch them kids. Like they could have, I could see them not agreeing to do it. It ain't my weekend. <laughs> no, it ain't my week. No. That that could have happened, and most rational people that that would have happened would have been like, okay, you know, the daddies ain't shit, I can't go. But her was just like, all right, they gonna stay here by themselves, dude. Yeah, whatever. Either way, it is what it is. It's a white family, so if it was a black family, they'd be getting treated way, way worse. Oh hell yeah, that's that's America. And you know, if you're a white person that's listening. And you don't believe it when we say, you know, this shit happens and this shit goes on and black people treat it differently than other people, then you are uh, you are so deep in denial that you need to try to figure out a way to get out of that shit. I just <laughs> Because they otherwise you think that all black people are colluding with the same stories. Just for what? To be treated just fucking the same? Their best went to Germany and left her four kids at home. Yeah, <laughs> but but that's all I got on that oh, story. Jesus, you got anything else on your mind? I do not. All right. Well, until we come to the next conversation, we out. Holla.